You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the games edition. A gaming podcast for people who want honest opinions by freaks with nothing better to do with their time. Here's Roger and his crew. Protect your oscillating fans from days with that. Oh, okay. I was wondering what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> All right. She was kind of having a hoogs moment there. She just came in screaming. When you come in screaming in caps, you're having a hoogs moment. So, yeah, more power to you, sister. All right. So, anyways, the the, the big news for the the week. Well, there was two for me. The, the as of yet, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm kind of heavily medicated today, so it should be an interesting podcast. But the first big news was they finally have a release date for Gran Turismo 5, which I know you don't care about as much, but I do. So we were kind of worried whether or not it would even be coming out this year because it was delayed and then there was all kinds of stuff. But then once it went gold, discs are getting stamped. You're thinking, okay, it should be coming out soon and sure enough it's going to be coming out on the 24th of november they actually released the full list of all the cars numbering over a thousand which i actually put on the site so if you go to bowdowntos.com you'll find it there in the new news and there's the full list as well as the list of all the tracks as well again i I know that there are other people that are also, like Tart, very excited about this. I cannot wait to be racing, and the fact that it's coming out so soon. I was still expecting this as a December release, either very close to Christmas or even after. So the fact that we're still looking at November release date, as long as it doesn't get pushed back, that would kind of upset me a bit. But uh, awesome. Awesome. Cannot wait. I'm telling you, watch out for that Ninja title update. It's not going to happen. Don't shut up, dude. That's not funny. <laughs> okay. And uh, for those who are listening in, you will notice we are missing a voice. Joe is not here. He's a sick bastard in more ways than one. We're not going to get into it. So it's just Vince and I. We were actually going to potentially offer a third chair to somebody who had wanted to co-host with us, but the bastard never got back to me on Twitter. So haha, suck on that, bitch. You know who you are, and if not, I'll tell you. Um, the other big news was only big news for me because I got into the DC Universe online beta. <laughs> now, <laughs> I do not want to lose my beta access, so I'm going to be very, very careful because of that NDA because I don't want to lose this because game ain't coming out until, like, what, spring of next year? Somewhere. And, yeah. And so that means I've got a lot of beta time to really have fun with this, and I don't want to lose that. But just, there's some things I can say. This is freaking awesome. It's it, it's a beta. Even just as a beta, it is amazing. <laughs> I, I'm playing with my youngest son. He has, I think, three tunes. I've got several as well. Um, we are having a blast with this. Let me put it to you this way. It is good enough that after only a few days of playing, I am damn near sold on pre-ordering the game, something which I'm trying not to do very often anymore because I get burnt. But it's gotten to the point where I'm actually considering pre-ordering it. And the only thing actually holding me back is trying to decide if I want the PC or the PS3 version. Um, because you can really feel the PS, the, the, the controller, that it would work very well. 
So that's why I'm trying to decide. I would love to play an MMO on the PS3. I would love to. It'd be awesome on the big screen. Plus then, I mean, as long as you've got your voice chat, you're laughing. But it's freaking awesome. It's, it's, we're having so much fun. And what's funny is that I've been talking about this with my son too, because again, we're talking about, wouldn't it be cool to have it for both <laughs> and get a couple accounts going so that we can be a dynamic duo kind of thing and play together. And it lends itself so well to that. Um, but what's funny is that I was thinking about it because we've had conversations before about, um, this versus champions online and things like that. But what's funny is that I'm thinking of it in terms of conversations we've had about, um, DC versus Marvel kind of thing and which lends itself better for, for games. And having played this now, even just for a little bit, I can honestly say, and I, for the most part, with the exception of a few iconic, uh, DC series, I, I've, preferred a lot of the marvel stuff um though there are some again very very good dc series as well but for something like this an mmo i'm actually finding that dc wins it's so much better because the locales are so important your metropolis your your gotham all of these places are so iconic and that's where you are you know what i'm saying so it it lends itself so much more boring if you're just hanging out in new york all the time with the avengers and the fantastic four and that's Spider-Man. It. it it's it's not something we haven't seen before you know new york and or san francisco or things like that so it's not i don't know it doesn't have that same mystique whereas with dc universe really those locales mean a lot it's actually really really freaking cool going around um, Gotham and, and Metropolis. It just is so much fun. So I'm actually finding that I'm preferring this than my concept of what a Marvel universe online would kind of be. Well, just going on the whole DC versus Marvel thought, I, I can definitely see how DC would lend itself a little better to this type of game just due to the fact that they, they tend to not take their continuity quite as seriously as Marvel does. They, they, they've shown more than enough willingness to, you know, retcon things at, at will, uh, having multiple characters with the same uh, superhero names and the generations and whatnot. Whereas Marvel is very, very tight with, with their continuity. And it, as we've seen like in our comics podcast, it's kind of mind-boggling once you get too deep into that continuity. But with DC, it just, they, they have good basics and then they just kind of fly with it from there. So I could definitely see an a DC versus Marvel standpoint that yeah, for an MMO it does probably work out a little better. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so goddamn cool. And we've had the discussion before because we've talked about the um Champions Online versus DC Universe Online and you were talking about how you prefer being that you would prefer being the superhero batman or or superman or, or whatever you don't want to be the unknown guy kind of thing and i again i don't want to break ndas but i mean I'm, I'm being so complimentary here what i'm finding is that it works much much better the way they've done it where you are that superhero that's just coming out kind of thing and working with the others there is something unbearably cool about working with a superhero to defeat somebody it's it's something that again having read about it before i thought uh, i don't know we'll see i'm kind of optimistic but now having done it 
<laughs> it's freaking awesome. It works really, really well. Yeah. So okay. now we got some more information that we can talk about because it was actually published as well about D- DC Universe Online, about the balance of power. Do you want to take this one? Um, yeah, it, uh, lots of information coming out here. Um, I don't want to say lots, but definitely some interesting information. Uh, I really liked how they talked about how they were – for the game purposes, they're sort of generalizing a lot of the powers. And one of the examples they talked about was the Flash. Well, the Flash is tied into, in the comics lore, the Speed Force. And air quotes, because I keep doing that on the podcast because I'm an idiot. But the Speed Force is what gives the Flash and a lot of the Flash-related characters their speed powers. And then, well, okay, we're not doing that much detail in the game. We just say you have super speed. And they're, they, they're leaving it up to the players to say, hey, if, if you feel that your character taps into the speed force in a, like a role-playing sense, you have that freedom, but they're not tying everything together quite so tightly, which does help explain, um, again, their choice not to have the Green Lanterns playable at this point because you kind of can't generalize the Green Lantern's power. They all have that same source. So from the gameplay standpoint, it does make sense there. And how they, they, they continue to talk about how, like, let's say you want to make a Superman type character. Well, sorry, you're not going to be able to fly, go really fast, be invulnerable, have ice breath and shoot laser beams out of your eyes. Yeah, that's that's not going to work for a game, at least not a multiplayer game. So they say that a, a Superman type character won't have all of Superman's powers. They'll, they'll have, you know, one of the powers and maybe some flights to go along with it. However, there are certain iconic powers like Superman's heat vision that characters won't have access to, at least at the start of the game. But at some point throughout the game, you can earn these iconic powers like Superman's heat vision. Let's say maybe uh, Wonder Woman's lasso or something like that. It definitely opens up a lot of interesting possibilities for character advancement that, again, it, it, I do find it kind of interesting. It it is something that makes a lot more sense because if you're starting out your character and they've got everything maxed out, what's the point? I mean, at that point, then yes, you're playing for just the lore to to play through the quest and whatnot. Um, however, you need more than just that. You need to be able to feel like your character is advancing and that it's not just um, that you're there for the stories and, and the, the fighting and whatnot, you know what I mean? So it makes sense that they're giving you that carrot on the stick, which is the, you can have some of this, but you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to earn it kind of thing, which again, makes sense. If you were bouncing into any MMO and your noob area where everybody is learning about their class, everybody's a freaking Superman. It, it just wouldn't work. What's again, what's the point of playing? It's fun to bounce in and to see all the different powers that people have chosen and people are very diverse in their choices. You know, not everybody's going to have the same configuration for their characters. Like I got to tell you bouncing in, I saw next to no characters that were similar. People were doing all manner of everything in there and it was awesome. It was just freaking awesome. And to me, that means a lot more than just saying, yeah, here, here's every single Superman power that you want and, and roll with it and have fun. And, and the thing, too, is that from that RP perspective, then you're having a lot more um, diversity in the, the superheroes themselves instead of all the superheroes being 
you know, dressed differently, but all exactly the like, you have a lot more diversity in everybody who's around you. It's, it's kind of hard for me to put into words appropriately, again, without breaking any freaking NDAs. But it's nice that there is that diversity in the game. Which is very important for something like this. I mean, nobody, well, everybody does want to have, you know, pay homage to their their favorite heroes. They do want to create something that is their own. So so the diversity, especially in a superhero game, more than anything else, in my opinion, is very, very important. Well, not just that, but in terms of just plain balance as well, because you're having a game that's that has both PvE and PvP realms. So you need that diversity in classes just so that not everybody is choosing the strongest class because quite honestly yeah it's great that everybody wants to do something different but if they're playing on a pvp realm they're going to want the best plain and simple so everybody would be choosing the same goddamn thing there's no fun in that so by putting it this way they've they've done away with that and basically you you have the freedom then to do what it is that you wanted to do versus what you thought you had to do so DCU online has no undead rogue. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Although they're not, the, they're not the shits anymore. They used to be, um, moving on from there. We briefly mentioned, we do have some news about champions online. There's been some more news that's been coming out because of the free to play. Um, some good, some not so good. Let's actually start off before we get into some of the bonuses that they're talking about with the free to play and whatnot. Let's just talk very briefly about the lifetime submission uh, subscription that they've brought back for a paltry $299. Now, just to put this in perspective, you can buy a PS3 for $299. You can buy an Xbox 360 for $299. In fact, you can get one for $199 that's only the 4 gigabyte version and still have $100 left over. You can buy all manner of DS PSP, you name it, for far less than $299. And that $299, if we're looking at a $15 a month subscription fee, you're looking at a year and a half. Now, that for some people may be enough to say, oh, okay, well, yeah, I can see myself playing this for a year and a half. But a year and a half for games is a lifetime, is a long freaking time, especially any game that's not wow. So this one here, $299, that's a hunk of change, let me tell you. What did you think of that? Because when the game first came out, they had the lifetime subscription, and I think it was $299 then as well, correct? I think when it came out, I, now, Jokin probably yeah. will disagree with me, but I think it was actually $199. That's what I thought. I thought it was less when the game first came out. I think it was so, $199 because I believe that when um, Star Trek Online came out and it was bumped up to $299, there was a lot of angry people. And I recall us talking about that with Joe on the podcast even. So, yeah, they've bumped up their prices here. So so now that they've chosen that their game is not being successful, they're rewarding their fans by reinstituting the incredibly popular lifetime subscription with a 33% price hike or 50% price hike. And it's, uh, oh, I, it, it doesn't make sense that for a game that hasn't proven anything at this point, and this is my big issue with lifetime subscriptions because they always cut the lifetime subscription deadline off before you can really have a chance to play the game and have an idea of if it's something you're going to want to play. You, you have to fork out all this money sight unseen. So <laughs> they, they've already shown that 
if their game isn't that popular to begin with, I can't see why anybody would want to pay this amount of money for what is still an unproven product. I don't know that it's unproven anymore. I think that it has, it does have a little niche. There are people that are fairly loyal to it and there are a lot of people that are actually enjoying it. So to me that I don't think that the game should be written off even with DC universe coming out. I don't think it should be written off that said though, that two ninety nine, the lifetime subscription in my opinion is at this point, because the game is going through this change and whatnot should be to reward your, your, your loyal fans who are going to do this or to really try to entice people to come in. So by putting it even at one ninety nine, that would be reasonable. But at two ninety nine, it just feels like you're gouging your loyal customers that would have considered the lifetime sub. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way: at at that two ninety nine price point with the PS three, I think we can fairly confidently say the PS three will still be around in a year. And while there there is a decent amount of confidence with uh, champions, given the other recent successes with the free to play market, I don't I don't have the same amount of confidence about that $300 purchase as I would of, of almost any other $300 purchase I could conceivably make. Yeah. The, and the thing too is we do have to consider the fact that this is cryptic and as of late, we have not been seeing the best of (laughs) in terms of customer loving, whether we're looking at the cryptic store for Star Trek Online or whether we're looking at the store for this one, we'll get into some of that in a moment. Whether we're looking at the complete and utter lack of quests for certain factions in Star Trek Online, uh, whether we're looking at this where they're talking about how they're going to be doing their updates with content and things like that. So based on all of that, even 300 bucks is a ridiculous sum of money. It is absolutely ridiculous. And sadly, and not really sadly, you do have to consider all the other MMOs coming out, not just DC Universe. Your main competition is going to be DC Universe. And again, now having played (laughs) just a bit, that's some pretty heavy goddamn competition. That's going to be insane. Anybody who tries it is going to probably love it so you have to take that into consideration but you're also going up against Terra. you're going up against guild wars 2 which is going to be free to play folks you're going up anything else that's going to be coming out next year as well in terms of standalone games as well so i don't know how this makes sense to them so let's move on to some of what they've said now in terms of the um how things are going to go in their C store um, and things like that with the free to play. You want to tackle that? Uh, I actually didn't find much of interest with the, with the C store part of the article. I, Cause I, again, at this point, the game hasn't shown me a whole lot that I'm going to want to spend my money on. <laughs> so I, 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 I honestly, I didn't really pay much attention to that part of the article. See what I noticed is them talking about things that will be for sale or maybe for sale, whether it is bag spaces, which they've talked about, bag and bank slots, things like that, Um, as well as the big one to me was any updates, content updates. 
so that you're going to have to be it's not yet known for sure, but you may have to be paying for those content updates if you're doing the free to play. To me, that makes sense. Yeah, really, does it? If you, well, it, f- it depends on the content update. Uh, if it's like a side story, like, uh, like, yeah, like yeah, but then about with their with their whole Serpent's Crown thing, which is not a part of the the core game. It's more of a spinoff. I, I can understand not wanting to give everything to the free to play players. It depends on where your money is going. You're you're intending your money to come in from. Are you intending your money to come in from the sale of bag slots, of costumes and things like that, or content? That's a big one. To me, I feel the content should be there. The content should be there for everyone. And it's the perks and all the bonuses that you can get that then is where you're making your main money. If you're going to start charging for each update that includes some content, then you're basically going to be paying your fee anyways because it's going to get stale so fast that you're either paying or you're not playing anymore. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's a matter of the 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 quality of the content. Like the core world should be free to play. Like you should you should have access to most of the world, but if they come up with a additional content that is worth the the extra investment, both from a development standpoint as well as from a retail standpoint, I as long as it's worth the price, I can't see the problem with it. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will have to disagree on that sucker because, again, and and it's just an opinion, not based on feeling that they're gouging for that so much as they're going to be shooting themselves in the foot because the product that they're offering for free, people will get through it at some point and simply not have anything else to do unless they pay versus them wanting to pay to get little bonuses and perks that'll help them continue playing because there's new content that they want to play. Well, let's actually talk about the stuff that we are getting for free that we know is going to be free. (laughs) Uh, we, we've gotten a lot of information about the archetypes uh, for those that are unaware. Free-to-play players aren't going to be able to create their own characters from scratch. They're going to be given various archetypes, and they can really only alter them visually. Uh, there are eight archetypes within the game right now. And in this interview, they discussed about how each of the existing archetypes is going to remain within one framework. Uh, framework is a power set, let's say. Uh, for example, the soldier. If you choose the soldier, all of your powers are going to be from guns, whereas, you know, a, a, a paid player can choose, like they said, guns and dual wielding. They can do dual pistols like by investing their points how they want. Now, they have said that they are going to look into continuing to develop archetypes if there's enough interest in it. And hopefully there will be because the archetypes we have now aren't that interesting. Honestly. <laughs> um Within the archetypes, all your powers are pre-selected, your passive bonuses are pre-selected, your your travel powers are pre-selected. Basically, you have almost no control over the actual growth of your character and how a lot of them share roles. Uh, For example, when they're talking about a a DPS role, one type of DPS archetype will be focused on AoE, another one will be focused on single target. So there is still a little bit of diversity 
even amongst the, the, the similar type classes. So the, it's broken down into five roles. We have basically the protector, the tanks, and we have two protector archetypes, the behemoth, which is your traditional damage sponge, and the glacier, which is an ice type hero that focuses more around um, like crowd control tanking and rooting the enemies instead of mitigating the damage trying to avoid the damage altogether, which does seem kind of interesting. There's the Brawler, your melee DPS, which exists solely as the Blade archetype, martial artist with swords. You have your Avengers, ranged DPS, and that's broken down into the Soldier, like we talked about previously with guns, and the Inferno, a Human Torch type character that specializes in fire damage and is more uh, damage over time than direct damage. Uh, you have the Guardian, which is a balance of offense and defense. That's the Savage, uh, Wolverine-type character, melee DPS with some uh, personal uh, regeneration, and the Grimoire, a uh, magic user that has a whole range of abilities from crowd control to debuffs to even some healing. And then finally, the Sentinel, which is uh, a support class, and that's really crowd control and buffs. So what we're seeing here is there there definitely is a nice diversity among the archetypes. Just for me looking at the list, nothing jumps out as going, hey, that's what I want to play. From these eight, they're just eight really boring, generic choices to me. And I think they did that on purpose just so that they can appeal to a broader audience, or so they would think but they fail to realize that anybody who is playing a superhero game wants to stand out. Uh, I can't imagine that most people take the standard or a random configuration when they are making their champion or any superhero game. They go in and they choose every single little thing. Hell, I spent hours doing that this weekend in DC Universe Online because you want to be more unique than everybody else. And so you're not getting that here. Like, I, I can understand them, again, wanting to keep things simple. But, like, let's say you want to play a melee DPS character. You basically have one choice. It's not even a choice. There's only one. So that is, that is severely limiting. Like, if at least they could have gone with two of each type. Like, honestly, it wouldn't have been that that much you know, of a loss to them to have the the blade, you know, your your swordsman and then a more traditional hand-to-hand uh, -hand fighter. Like that wouldn't have been that big of a deal offering that much choice to the free players because they're not offering really enough to the free players at this point, in my opinion. Oh, no, I, I agree. I agree. I... I... Yeah. So much is riding on this for them right now. We've seen the success that Lord of the Rings has had, and I think that they're hoping to recreate a lot of that. However, I don't think they realize that it's going to be very, very easy for them to shoot themselves in the foot as well with this. And then that will screw them over for any potential success they could have had with switching over Star Trek online as well. And I think that putting this many restrictions especially on character creation. I can understand limiting you to even just one character slot or, you know, hopefully, preferably two, but very, very few characters, but you have a much broader range in what you can do. Don't give up the very, very high-end powers and things like that. Fine, but still allow more diversity than this. This is right out of left field. I'm not understanding the logic behind it, and I'm really, I, it's, I don't think it's going to work. 
Yeah, it's a very, I can understand, it's a very delicate balance when you're designing a free-to-play game, wanting to give enough value to your paid customers while still providing enough to interest the free customers. And if, at least on the first part, I think the, the paid customers are getting a fairly decent value compared to what the free players are getting. But I think that that determination is made on the fact that the free players really aren't getting jack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's get away from this now. I think yeah. that we, this is going to be one of those we're in, we're really going to have to see how it unfolds because I'm, I'm seeing failure from the get go, but I'm quite certain that, Hey, I'll be proven wrong. Maybe it will work. We'll see. I, I've got no problems with admitting if I'm wrong. Um, but for, for now, I'm simply not seeing how this could be the success that Lord of the Rings has had or what this this could do. I Because, I, again, I really think that this could do well. The, f- the free-to-play model can work, can work very well, and you can make a lot of money by offering things in your store that are something that people won't have a problem paying for. Again, it's like the Guild Wars store with the, the, the $7 costumes. I'll buy it because I'm not paying every month. I don't mind supporting you guys and giving you a little money. And I get something that's cool for my character as well. They can make a lot of money because of all the costumes, which is so important to this game. But instead, what we're hearing is that there may be offering um, potions and different things as well. I don't want to have to pay every time I need to heal. That's not cool. <laughs> I want I want to find those in the game. So again, I'm seeing far too many things here that are giving me pause. And, and it's going to be one of those where we're going to have to wait and see. So let's move on to another failed MMO. And <laughs> Hasn't failed yet. Okay. All right. Well, it's go ahead. Failing. Failing. All right. Go <laughs> yes. for it. Final Fantasy uh, 14. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't gone the free to play model yet. So at, at least they're still trying. Then again, they haven't earned a single dollar in subscription fees. Yeah, really. So. <laughs> but anyway, there was this pretty interesting article talking about uh, why why Final Fantasy XIV failed to meet expectations. And this is from uh, the actual developer standpoint. Uh, Hiromichi Tanaka, the senior vice president of software development for Square Enix. And this is an exact quote from him. He says, we believe players had a very high expectation of this title from the alpha and beta tests. We received a lot of feedback from the beta tests. The development team should have focused on shaping up the game during the beta process, but because we were really concentrating on debugging the game, fixing all the bugs, awkward quote, but he's Japanese, maybe it's a translation issue. That's one of the reasons why we were not able to have all the requests implemented during the beta process. That's why we... That's why we do understand the reaction from the players now that the game is out. Therefore, the development team is working really hard to bring it back to the level we plan to have ready for the players. And that breaks down into a very simple, well, that's a very flowery way to say something that's very simple to me. We planned our beta test around our release date, not the other way around. We had our release date set in stone and we assumed we would be able to get everything done in the small testing phase we had planned out previously, unlike a Blizzard-developed game. They have their open-ended beta period, and then once they feel they have a solid game, then they set a release date they feel they can make. And this is what we're seeing a lot in games these days, games like Ion. The, the beta was set around the release date, not the other way around, and it's a pretty stupid way to design a game, in my opinion. 
<laughs> because let's face it, people are enjoying uh, Final Fantasy 14, and I will agree that there are some things in there to like. Uh, the way somebody likes the gameplay is purely su subjective from one player to another. I might enjoy something you don't, you might enjoy something I don't. However, the actual functionality of the game is not subjective <laughs> like you might be able to overlook the problems but you can't pretend like they're not there there is no way to enjoy the control scheme or the user interface in final fantasy 14 it's either something you deal with or something you don't that that is a huge game element that like they said oh we were too busy fixing all the bugs we didn't have time to really listen to player feedback well <sighs> beta is more than just bug fixing <laughs> that's why it's a it's it's an open test. You can do a lot of bug fixing in house. You don't need player feedback just to fix bugs. It's just they they just don't get it. Is really is really the thing. I really what I can say. And what really really bugs me is I'm gonna paraphrase this here. How they were talking about how Final Fantasy XI started off really small and then the audience slowly grew into a much larger game. And that's how they were expecting Final Fantasy XIV to perform. They weren't expecting it to sell 600,000 copies right out of the gate like it did. So basically they felt like it was okay to release their half-finished game because not that many people would be playing it at first. I <laughs> this is actually a conversation that I was having with uh, Dunst Matter? Doesn't Matter. Okay, on the site anyways. You know who you are, buddy. And what he was saying is that he doesn't feel like it's right that it's acceptable for MMO developers to put out a game that's not finished and say, oh, we'll finish it later on versus first-person shooters and racing games that have to get it ready right off the, the bat on, on release. And what I was telling him is that that argument doesn't hold water anymore simply because we can look at Black Ops that just came out and broke records for fastest-selling game with over seven million sold right away so and 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 the pc version of that was full of bugs that they then had to patch afterwards if so, i can i'm sorry i don't want to derail you there just a small comment on that the reason why the sales were so high even though the pc version was garbage was one there was a review embargo on the game no, no reviews were able to be published until like the day before the game came out. And two, none of the early release copies were the PC version. Every early review is based on the 360 version. So that's that's really a big fault on Activision. It's not like yeah, but it would have sold anyway. I, I I'm not so I'm not sure it would have sold as many as quickly. I, I think it kind of would have. The Call of Duty line makes a ton of money for them. They've, already, they've been talking about that. So I think that it made sense that it sold that much. I was not surprised that it no, sold that much. I. But the fact is, is that it went out busted and then they they then have to fix it so what does that tell the developers it tells them that you can put out a game that's busted and fix it later you're still going to make a ton of sales especially the initial sales and that's all they care about that money that initial money so the same could be said right now of any of them we're seeing a lot more games coming out that are buggier than the hell on release i mean yes that's been going on for a long time but i don't know maybe it's because there's so many more mmos coming out right now than before and we're seeing so many of them that are coming out with huge problems right out of the gate 
Well, I think a distinction does need to be made between a single player game and an MMO, just in sheer budgetary concerns. Like in order to release a major MMO, it costs way more money before the game comes out than a single player game. So um, MMO can't just count on those initial sales. They have to have enough quality in the game, not only to get those initial sales, but to get those subscriptions and who knows how many months and how successful the game has to be just to break even like how the amount of money EA has spent on the old Republic, that game oh. is going to have to be out for a long time before it starts to turn a profit. So the, the, the issue of completion between a single player game and an MMO, the, there are different standards, especially from an MMO, because an MMO by definition is never complete. It, it needs to be functional. All, all of the the interface elements need to be in place and there has to be enough content to to warrant it being that initial purchase but obviously it'll never be finished because a good MMO will continue to add content I agree no no I, I do I absolutely agree yeah. we're going to stop talking about this though we're only going to touch on one more thing before we actually head into our lore podcast coming up shortly um, the interesting thing is what we've been seeing now with the connect I we're our connect is still being used constantly although the thrill of saying connect play disc is kind of worn off now okay it's so much easier <laughs> just use the freaking controller because i'm telling you what sometimes the the interface is not fast enough yet i'm hoping they're going to streamline it even more to make it faster to do things with it for the moment yeah but still the kids are still playing it like crazy uh, and the wife is doing her dance thing every night and loving it um just a quick note you had mentioned too that none of the launch games you could play seated and actually the racing game you can play seated which is kind of a a nice bonus just just from reading the boxes it did not give me that impression oh no no and and i and i hear what you're saying but yeah just to let people know you can actually play it i personally haven't tried it but my son and a little buddy of his were having a blast sitting down playing that racing game. So I'm going to have to check it out. But what I was bringing up was the fact that within literally hours in one case, um, guys have been uh, essentially soft modding their connects to work on either their PC and their Macs. And we've been seeing a lot of videos where in the, well, one of them, the guy had it hooked up to his Mac and he had it set up where in his hands were input devices and he was moving around pictures, like all minority report style, just kind of zooming in and out, shuffling them aside. It was freaking awesome. And then the other one, the guy was actually rendering himself and whatever the Kinect could see, in three dimension on his PC. We are really not that far away from the minority report in this regard. These are very, very early hacks that people have made. Given time, we're going to be seeing some absolutely amazing stuff with this. I've always said that of the three motion control options, the Kinect did offer the best technology and, and we're definitely seeing that here you obviously can't do anything even remotely like this with the move or the wii but that, that 3d one blew me away like i'm looking at this and i'm just instantly coming up with all kinds of incredible ideas like let's say you get two maybe three connect devices exactly what i was can, thinking you, and, and now you can now 
have three separate angles on a, on a, on a subject. Let's give them some points of reference, like the head or the arms or what have you. And suddenly for $450, you conceivably could have a home motion capture studio. That that's insane, especially from like an indie game dev like point of view. Like imagine some, some dudes trying to make some stupid little, little flash game. And all of a sudden they realize for a rather small investment they have all this technology that they can use in ways that people had never dreamed of. Because let's face it, 150 bucks isn't a whole lot for the amount of technology we're getting here. Although, ironically, the actual, it only cost Microsoft, I think it was 56 bucks I read. So they're <laughs> turning a pretty nice little profit on that sucker, and it is selling like crazy. But getting I, back I, to what you... I have never seen them actually on the shelves. I, I, it's impossible. It's like the Wii when it first came out. It's so popular. Yeah, it's selling really, really well right now. So I am happy that I picked ours up. Um, and again, we're seeing as we're doing different things how powerful it is. But when you're seeing, again, that video with the 3D video capture, and yes, all he'd have to do is hook up a couple and set them as points of reference in his program, and suddenly you've got a full-blown three-dimensional rendering using just those connects. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, freaking now, awesome. Let, let's see this technology actually used in the games. I don't want to pet a freaking tiger <laughs> you know what though it's funny because what i was thinking seeing those is because people are are, are talking about you can see the lag on one although not this guy his is is perfect the 3d one but the other guy who's moving pictures and i'm thinking yeah but again this is a very very basic give him time to, to to work on this and now picture other applications that are not gaming how about setting this up on an lcd computer so that a doctor can use it while they're doing an operation or whatever so that they can just use their hands to shift through pictures, look at different things and whatnot, or, you know, any, whether it's the medical profession, engineering profession, things like that, the, the, the potential to do things is unbelievable. And no need to put on any minority report, fancy freaking gloves. Just use your hands. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I'm constantly impressed by, by the connect itself. Maybe maybe not as gaming applications, but the, the unit itself, I found to be very impressive. See, I again, right now, what we're seeing with we, we still only have the, the two games. Um, one of them, the Dance Central doesn't count as a game, but the, the technology behind it is pretty awesome when you take the time to to to. From my perspective, watching them doing it, I can appreciate everything that's going on a lot more and it blows my mind. But then again, I'm I'm seeing potential here. I'm seeing these guys here that have a lot more drive than some of these game devs. Let these guys work on some projects. Oh my God, we could have some absolutely astounding things in a year from now. The games that we're going to be seeing or maybe a little bit more are going to blow our minds. I really hope so. And with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks to everybody who joined us in the audience. I'd like to remind everybody to make sure to check out the site at bowdowntous.com, read our reviews and features and everything. And if you have the time, you can actually click a link to check out our fancy dancy products that we have, the t-shirts, the mugs, the everything. Please help support the site. Also, if you see any links in the site heading to Amazon, that is to help support the site as well. If you're going to be buying any games, you could help support us by picking them up via those links. Also, if you're downloading the podcast via iTunes, you know what? Leave us a review. We love those, and it would be great to hear what you think of the show. With that, let you go, and we will talk to you next week.
fix it. Break, break it. Fix, fix it. Break it. Buy it. Buy it. Use it. Break it. Fix it. Trash it. Candy smell upgrade. Freaking dog and pony show. That's what we are tonight. <laughs> Pro freaking stuff is what I'm getting at. I mean, the side effects of one of these painkillers is confusion. Confusion. It's actually <laughs> listed as confusion. <laughs> My God. There's only a couple I'd single out, but they would be single out. <laughs> Emails from a friendly, though somewhat angry Scottish guy. <laughs> and we're like, Hoogs, he gets around. <laughs> and I'm drinking ginger ale, so I'll be belching up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Good man. to know. I'm just warning you in advance. I'm very glad I had you turned your volume down now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll make do. <laughs> just belt a lot closer to the mic. <laughs> Every once in a while you hear this, and that's me rubbing the spittle off. You're so fancy. The, the, the lifetime sub subscription... Excuse me. Oh, there's a ginger ale. I warned you. There's going to be belching because I'm having ginger ale. The... Uh, I'll edit that out. <laughs> the, um, okay, I'm going to go and uh, get another ginger ale. I'm not belching enough. <laughs> more belching. Oh, more belch. More belch. So. All right, I'll be right back.